Hi guys, welcome to Fulfilled. I'm Nabs, your host and creator of this podcast. Every week I have a conversation with a guest about an interesting topic they're willing to share, enabling us all to learn and connect. Because after all, we do share a lot in common than we actually think. And if not, there is always room to learn something new. Stay tuned for today's episode. Joining me today is Shipra Goel, who is the founder of Sage. Sage is a meal plan company that focuses on Ayurvedic meal plans. And uh, what we're going to be doing today is learning more about Ayurveda. We're going to be learning about Shipra's journey and what led her to where she is today. And I am really, really excited to welcome this next guest. Hi, Shipra. Welcome to Fulfilled. Hi, Nabs. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Let's get straight to it. Like, I, I want to hear everything. Tell me about your journey. Um, oh, wow. So where do I start? Um, I, I sort of grew up in Dubai. Um, okay. My family moved here when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so I lived here for for um, many years, on and off. I studied in London. I did my law degree there. Um, and oh, you're a then, lawyer. Yes. Um, oh yes, wow! I, I didn't know that. Or well, in the past, at least. Um, oh, that would, was that was your past life. <laughs> yes, that's that's my past life. Um, four years since I haven't practiced. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it has been an interesting journey. I, um, I transitioned into a business owner. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sometimes I think about, um, my, um, my law life and, um, I think what I studied and, uh, what I practiced as a lawyer um, helped me a lot to become become a business owner because they're all I feel that they're all like transferable skills. Yeah. Um, and you can you can use them in so many ways. True. So when we go back to um, purpose, because I, I feel there's always a purpose with the the different chapters that we go through in our lives. And when, when you look at the purpose that you were looking for back then, what was, what was the reason why you wanted to be a lawyer when you studied law? Um, it's interesting. I've actually thought about purpose um, so much um, in my life so far. And I've questioned myself this as well, um, um, thinking about the choices that I've made. It's always, the common purpose is always trying to make an impact somehow and right. always trying to make an impact to somebody else's life. Right. And True. I think that and was my, yeah, sorry. Sorry. So did you, did you get any signs when you were practicing law? Did you do any kind of particular domains that made you realize that? I think initially, so when, when I graduated, I wasn't sure but I went into law with this purpose that I wanted to make a difference to other people's lives because that's what I thought being a lawyer was 
But of course, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't really know what the practice actually entails, that most people actually go into law with the hopes of making a lot of money. Exactly. I mean, this is the, um, but, um, you know, as naive as I was as a child, um, this is not what I thought. I was like, oh, wow, it's so great to become a lawyer. You can um, you're there to bring justice and to make a difference. But in practice, that's not how it works, because you spend a lot of time and money um, to become a lawyer. So finally, most people end up um, working for corporates. Of course. And then it becomes like a money kind of uh, a money focused kind of journey where you just think, I want to make money. I want to make money. Yeah. So when I graduated, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, it was so hard to find a job initially um, mm. to start off with. So I just, I just moved back to Dubai and I was like, maybe it'll be easier for me to do something here as I had done an internship here as well. So yeah, I just went st straight into corporate and I realized that it was not for me. After three years um, of working in corporate, I felt quite depressed. Um, you and I have one thing in common. We're just not corporate people. <laughs> yeah, I just we can't. share that. We share that traits, me and you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. It's just like yeah, um, the vibe is just so different. I yeah. mean, I don't have anything against it. I think it serves its purpose, but it's just if you're a creative or. Um, if you're just aligned in a different way and you want to do different things with your life, you just have to be honest with yourself. True, true. And uh, I remember you, you once mentioned that you did some work with uh, the UN. Uh, what was, was yeah. that related to law as well? Yes. So um, it's been super interesting, my journey uh, from leaving my job here. So it all went... Um, after doing those three years here in Dubai in corporate law, I was really not feeling well. And I was feeling quite disconnected with everything. And I wasn't sure how to, um, how to progress because my life was so into the world that I was in, but I wanted to break out of it mm. um, and sort of find something that I was actually passionate about. I, started looking for work elsewhere because I really wanted to do humanitarian law but I didn't know how to get into it because the jobs are really few and everything required experience in this particular yeah. field which I didn't have but I found a job in Ecuador it was super random oh wow yeah um, and it was a job that didn't require um, a Spanish-speaking lawyer, and it required someone with litigation experience, which is what I had. I had experience in construction litigation, but they just needed somebody with litigation experience. Um, mm. I just tried my luck, and I applied, and, um, and I got it. Oh, wow. And you, you lived in Ecuador. Yeah, and so I moved to Ecuador for this job, and um, yeah, everybody was like, Shipra, are you for real? Like, are you really going to do this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my family was shocked, and even my friends. They and were of just course, like, Shipra is for real. Of course, Shipra is going to go to Ecuador. Yeah, I mean, I was also very young. I was 26 or uh, 27 at the time, and um, for me, it was just like, 
okay, you know, this is what life is giving me. I have to try it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you um, did it. And I did. And honestly, it was the best decision, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. It was the best year. It just helped me grow so much as a person. And um, as a human being, I had amazing experiences. I, I did something completely different. I was working as a refugee protection um, officer. So I was working with asylum seekers and refugees. Oh, wow. Um, in the litigation field, which was quite intense. I mean, the cases were um, very difficult for me to to work with because I had never come across real, like, human problems before. Also, yeah. growing up in Dubai, you don't come across those very much no, in general. No. But yeah. um, real-life problems where people were having issues where they had to sometimes choose between life and death. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting. I was very lucky to have an amazing team, really supportive um, colleagues and management. And um, I grew a lot that year. And um, I just came out to be a complete different person. Right. Okay. Well, well, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, okay. So now, Ayurveda. What, so how did you, were you born into, because I know that Ayurveda origin, originates in India. Is this something that you have in your family or did it, is it something that you had to kind of learn more about? It is somehow linked to my background, definitely, because um, both of my parents are Indian. Um, mm. And my mom is from Varanasi, which is a very spiritual place. So there were definitely growing up a lot of mentions of Ayurveda and practicing yoga, which I never paid attention to. Um, my grandmother really focused on it. She lived a very um, Ayurveda-focused life, um, but I never gave attention to it uh, growing up. Um, but it wasn't part of our daily lives. I mean, we grew up partly in Germany and partly here. So it's very hard to focus on um, a very traditional way of life unless you um, you really give attention to it. Of course. So w what is what is Ayurveda? Like for those who have no idea about Ayurveda, what is it? So Ayurveda is known also as the science of life. Um, okay. Is... Um, However, it's an ancient practice um, of alternative medicine, which originates in India, but it's heavily practiced all around um, India, Nepal, Sri Lanka. And people have been practicing this for years. This was the way of life um, years ago. Mm. And the practice actually is about preventing and treating a disease in comparison to a lot of times how modern medicine focuses on when something happens, then they try to cure it. It's like mm. the action happens when, when there is a symptom in modern so medicine. So basically, so this sort of lifestyle, let's not call it a diet because I think it's something that people would, you know, use as a lifestyle. This is a way to prevent yourself from getting sick through following this lifestyle? Yes, it's it's a way of life. So the mm. prevention happens in the way that you are living already. 
Okay, it's like got it. you're practicing certain things every day to allow you to have a life which would prevent disease naturally. Got it. Okay. So now that we understand what it is, how does it work? Um, so Ayurveda is, um, in, in a summary, it's about maintaining balance and harmony in the body. In the body, in the mind, in the environment that you're in, which is why yoga and Ayurveda are so interconnected. Mm. Um, this practice believes that every person has a unique constitution. So one person is not um, the same as the other. Everybody has a unique constitution. And everyone has these different elements like air, space, earth, water, and fire within them. Okay. And, and this so, is based on what? Like, how do you know what your elements are? Um, you can know your element with everyone, with your constitution, with the way you look, with the way your personality is, your body type, your sensitivities. So all these are indicators of your um, constitution. Okay, and usually, so because I'm, I'm just looking at like um, um, what the elements are. So there's fire, there's water, there's air, there's space, there's earth. Yes. Is there something else? There are five elements, correct? There are five elements, yes. And so generally, we are considered to be a combination of these elements. So there are three different doshas, which okay. are your constitution types, like vata, which is air and space, kapha, which is earth and water, and pitta is fire and water. So okay. there are three main ones, but of course in life you can shift as well. Like you can become, like you may be Vata in, in the first 10, 15 years of your life and then you sort of transitioned into being another element because we're not fixed, right? And our bodies are not fixed. We can change. Right. Yeah, yeah, we change. But let's kind of, for those who don't know what this means, let me just read this kind of shortening, like uh, description of each one. So. Pita is fire. The elements are fire and water. And this is an intelligent, hardworking, and decisive person. This dosha generally has a medium physical build, short temper, and may suffer from conditions like indigestion, heart disease, or high blood pressure. The second thing is vata, which is air and space, creative, energetic, and lively. People with this dosha are usually thin with a light frame and may struggle with digestive issues, fatigue, and anxiety when out of balance. Kappa is earth and water, naturally calm, grounded, and loyal. Those with a kappa dosha often have a sturdier frame and may have issues with weight gain, asthma, depression, or diabetes. Yes, correct. Interesting. You can... I think I'm a vada. What are you? Guess which one I am. You would probably be the... You're probably a vada as well, no? Exactly, yes. Yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, you're probably about it. Well, actually, I think, you know, you can see, I mean, this feels to me like um, uh, when I think of, when I read this, I thought about uh, star signs and how star signs are so generic, but at the same time, they speak to you um, mm -hmm. based on your personality. And you can still be based on, you know, you can be uh, like, I'm a Gemini, but I can have elements of Taurus and, and you know, Cancer. 
So, yeah, I think you can have like multiple elements within you from different doshas as well. Yes, absolutely. You can. And you can you can transition into into a different dosha and then come back to the to what you what you were before. So right. um, definitely. OK, so now that we have an understanding of what doshas are, doshas are linked. So based on these characteristics, we need to basically. So if I'm a kappa, then I need to be conscious of weight gain, asthma, depression and diabetes through the Ayurvedic lifestyle? Yes, correct. Um, when you're a kapha, you need to sort of adapt to the type of lifestyle which manages you. So mm. which manages your dosha. And this is how, like, your lifestyle should be surrounded by giving you, giving you a balance. So nothing is ag aggravated in your dosha. So it doesn't, your dosha is not impacting you in a negative way. Got it. Got it. And what, so what are the foods that you can actually consume when you are on an Ayurvedic diet? So in Ayurveda, it's, it's actually sometimes very difficult to explain because everyone is different. So right. everyone will need to adapt if they want to strictly follow an Ayurvedic diet, um, for their own dosha it's um, something that they will have to really be particular about and really look at the vegetables that they can eat but of course they are generic principles which is what we follow at sage as well we follow mm -hmm. the generic ayurvedic principle plan and we have a lot of different clients with with different doshas so we we, so, we try hang on. so the first thing sorry i just want to understand this so when I come to you as a potential client, I will come to you and I'll say, hey, Shifra, I am a, what, what was I again? A Vata. <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. going to be like, hey, I'm a Vata. Give me a meal plan that is assigned to this dosha. Yes, if you are a Vata, um, we will try to, so we will follow certain um, generic principles of Ayurveda, which we always do. Um, we always cook everything fresh. Mm. So all the food that is prepared uh, for the meal plants, we don't use any frozen products or anything that's, um, that's too old. Because right. um, this is against Ayurvedic principles. Um, it decreases the prana in the food if you have anything that's not freshly prepared. Mm. Ideally, you're supposed to cook and then eat at the same time. But of course, okay. in practice, it's not possible, which is what, when a meal plan comes into, um, into play. But again, the principle is to always cook everything fresh. And we try to source seasonal prod produce and as closely as possible to the source. So when we buy ingredients, we're trying to buy either locally or we're trying to source them from surrounding countries. Okay. So we're not going to try and get like a pineapple from Mexico because it's just too far away. And by, yeah. by the time it gets here, it's just not appropriate for the meal plan.
Yeah. Um, so we're probably going to try and get a pineapple from Sri Lanka because it's closer to us. Okay. Um, so there are these things that need to be implemented to make sure that the meal plan is Ayurveda compliant in that mm -hmm. sense. Um, for a specific vata dosha, um, we will look at, for, it also depends, it's also depending on the season we're in. So if we are in the summer and it's, um, it's quite warm outside, um, mm. you try to avoid things like mangoes um, because they are really heating. Oh, so, so, so depending on the temperature, you need to eat foods that will keep your body kind of energy and temperature in balance. balanced. Yes. Okay. Got it. So you said mangoes, what do the mangoes do? They, they, They're they overheat heating. the body. Consider a heating food. Every single food in Ayurveda has, um, a property. Okay. So it, it would aggravate something or it would, um, it, it would cool down something. So if you have really, especially for actually, so mangoes and things that are really heating for pitta, which is a fire element, um, it's, it's, it's to be avoided completely. Oh, okay. So you need to avoid uh, uh, foods that will aggravate the signs yeah. that you have. So if you're fire water, then you need to avoid foods that will aggravate fire. Yes. Um, yeah. Generally you will try to eat like in the summer, you will try to eat cooling foods like cucumber, zucchini. Um, in Ayurveda, they do consume dairy. So they also consume yogurt, which is considered cooling. Okay. So it's not a v it's not a plant it's not fully vegan. Um, Ayurveda is not fully vegan, but um, you have to consider when these principles were created. Um, the the way dairy was consumed was very different to what it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in principle, Ayurveda says that you're not supposed to harm anyone when you're consuming food. This is one of the major principles. And so... Um, and is it, sorry, is it pescatarian or is it fully, like, full-on vegetarian? It's vegetarian, but with the exception of you can eat meat. But it's when okay. it's absolutely necessary for you. Like, you really feel the need to eat meat. But you have to be very balanced in, in the way of life that you're living to actually know whether you really need to eat meat. If you're living right. in a... Case, um, for example, maybe in certain countries, it's not easy to grow vegetables. Yeah. So meat is uh, a huge part of the diet because this is this is the way this this is what you need to survive. Okay, it's it's a very I mean I must say it's a very niche, particular way of living. I I find that very interesting that. I mean, I appreciate that you're trying to explain it, but for someone who's listening, I just feel that it sounds very difficult to follow this. Like there's a lot of things that make sense, but also there's a lot of things that you need to be conscious of. It's about you educating yourself about this way of living. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, even for myself, I try to follow as much as possible, but it's more a way of life. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, so how, is there a big Ayurvedic community in like, not in India, but like all all across the globe? Like, is, is this a big thing? Um, it's not a big thing everywhere, I would say. But funnily enough, I was introduced to Ayurveda properly by um, in the Netherlands when I was living there, when I was working there for the United Nations. I had a colleague who was really into the Ayurvedic lifestyle, and she's from Yugoslavia. Oh, wow. So, well, former Yugoslavia. And um she um, she was living in the Netherlands and uh, she was really into Ayurveda and she was studying it and she wanted to open an, um, um, open a practice there. Mm. And that's when um, I started getting um, educated and um, started learning about it more and more. So it's very interesting to see how um, people all over the world have started adopting this this lifestyle. Mm, very but interesting. I think it's still a niche and it's more um, if somebody has gone to India or Sri Lanka and they have gone to an Ayurvedic retreat and they have seen the benefits of Ayurveda, and then, of course, they see that this works and then they want to learn more naturally, because if you if something feels good, then naturally you are drawn towards it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to actually share um, a little story with you. When I was in uh, India, uh, I think it was six years ago, we went to Kerala, which is the southern part. And um, one of the places that we stayed at, I didn't know that it was uh, an Ayurvedic retreat, but it was. And there were so many people that were there for, uh, because there's the medicine part as well, which is treating illnesses with herbs and uh, natural ingredients, which I, I've never heard of, to be honest. And there were people doing treatments and the, the resort was fully Ayurvedic, like all the foods were Ayurvedic. And one of the things that I also noticed was in India, I personally am intolerant to spice. So a lot of the food that, you know, was available, obviously all across was very spicy and I really struggled to eat there. But then when we were in this uh, retreat, I could eat everything because everything was mild. And it was just so good because it felt so fresh and it was so hearty. That is the one thing I remember. Like the first soup I had in the Ayurvedic restaurant was a carrot mint soup and it was warm but the mint had this punch of freshness that was so cooling and it was I, I just remember I was like oh finally like a meal that I really really needed in like 10 days oh I want to I'm, I'm feeling hungry just listening to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, it was really like for me it was oh my god this is so good and that was the first time I personally ever heard of Ayurveda and 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 then I was like okay well this is interesting but now that I'm talking to you I'm understanding and learning more about you know the doshas and the science that goes behind it because it's it's very interesting 
Yes, it's I really I mean, I'm still learning a lot. And I wish that um, um, in some time in my life, I will have like maybe a year to just practice. Yeah, and fully immerse myself into this because I'm always fascinated by what it brings. And um, the, there's just so much to learn. It's 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 so complex and it has so much information that you can just keep learning and learning and go go deeper into practice but i can completely um understand your experience because i've had very similar experiences going to different ayurveda retreats where the yeah. food is just excellent i mean i've been to some of them uh, my friend owns one in sri lanka which is absolutely amazing she grows all the rice and all the vegetables on the property oh my god that's amazing yeah so the taste of the food it's just amazing they're all organic vegetables the rice is organic and they cook everything so when lunch is at one o'clock the food is being prepared at 11 o'clock Wow. So, so it's like literally farm to table. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can really taste the difference. And one of the things that's very interesting, when I first started to uh, to learn about Ayurveda, one of the doctors that I was um, I was learning from, he said that um, you don't need to eat that much, but you need to eat things that satisfy you. Yeah. And after I've thought about this so much about this very small inf uh, piece of information. What does satisfy you mean? It means you're eating nutritious food, tasty food. Tasty is very important um, and balanced food. And a lot of times when I see people who are gaining weight, for example, I mean, trying to lose weight is is a big, um, big thing. I feel everywhere. Um, yeah. People are constantly trying to lose weight, and they're trying to go on these diets um, in order to achieve this weight loss. Um, and a lot of these diets are focused on some kind of restriction. Yeah. And so a lot of times, people end up restricting food rather than changing the lifestyle. That's a very nice way of looking at things because I've always had this pure belief that diet, I don't like the word diet because I feel diet equals depriving yourself from something that you like. And often when people say exactly what you said, you know, when people say, oh, I'm on a diet, I'm like, can you please stop being on a diet? Because it's not about you being on a diet. It's about you changing your lifestyle. It's not about you, you know, losing the five kgs at, at the end of the month, crash dieting and starving yourself, but then going back to the exact same habits. Yes, because it's not sustainable that way. And a long-term restriction, it's, um, it, it causes, I mean, it has been proven to be linked with, um, uh, with negative effects on mental health. And, uh, you know, if you if people keep doing that for a long time, it sort of becomes that restriction becomes part of their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, which just sometimes can result in binging and then dieting this kind of culture because you've been restricting for so long that now your body really craves something and you, you start binging again and gaining yeah. the weight back. 
Exactly. Going back to square one. So it's about a it's a lifestyle change. Yes. One, one second. Um, uh, uh, I just wanted to because I'm I'm just again reading more about this. It's very important also to I want to look at the downsides of Ayurveda, um, not only the positive things. Now, it says here, which I agree with, and I think you would as well. Some of the downsides of this practice is that it's confusing. It may feel overly restrictive and it's often, it's often subjective. Would you agree to that? I agree that it can be confusing. At times I feel a little bit confused by it, even when I go to retreats or. Well, that's very comforting to hear. (laughs) Yes. But you have to accept, I believe, um, that not everything has is clear. You know, it's not um, it's not a scientific mm. way of when things are black and white. This is more about balance and um, working on your mind and your body. Uh, we are not black and white as human beings. We change. We evolve. Uh, some days we're feeling one way. Some day we're feeling another way. So. I read the changes in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But that's of course, true. there are some basic principles um, that apply. Um, so I think a lot of times a good starting point is just to start following those basic principles and um, seeing if uh, seeing how your body feels. Yeah, yeah, and then you just go from there. Yeah, and this is what this is what I try to do most of the time. Where I'm just, I I don't I don't restrict myself. I mean, last night I went out uh, with um, with my family and we had a very nice dinner. And um, so this is something that I will allow myself. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's it's about you know just having a balanced kind of lifestyle and then you know having the occasional cheat meals every once in a while when, whenever you feel like it yeah and it's 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 really about the lifestyle it's about um when you wake up in the morning what what are you doing are you looking straight on your phone or are you trying to take an hour for yourself to to connect with yourself and then start your day um do you have mm. a practice of movement um, in your day where you can take some time to just move, uh, which benefits your body. So Mm. there there are many elements to it. It's not just about food. It's about the entire um, lifestyle. True. So now if if someone is is interested to inquire about this uh, meal plan, uh, where can they find you? And can they actually get one-on-one consultations with you to understand their doshas and what kind of uh, meal plan, specific meal plan they should be on. Yes, we are often requested for a consultation. um, And um, yeah, I can guide, um, I I do my best to guide my clients um, and we try to um, do our best to support everyone. Um, However, it is a meal plan. So, it is um, if somebody has a very part- um, they have a particular um, condition where they need um, a professional. Mm. Uh, we try to guide them to to a nutritionist that we work with. 
Okay. And where, where can, where can we find you? So do you have Instagram website? Like how can we reach you? Um, we have an Instagram page. It's called Sage AE and we have a website, um, sagepbk.com where you can find us. Um, you can connect with us and, um, and we, we will help you to, to sign up to the meal plan. That's awesome. Yeah, we try to provide uh, personal, personalized service. Um, and a lot of our clients are actually, they would like to speak to somebody before they sign up. Which makes sense. I would like that as well if I would sign up. So um, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I just want to take um, a minute to thank you for providing the information that you gave us today. I really appreciate that. It was very insightful. Thank you, Nabs. It was a pleasure uh, to, to be here and uh, to share um, this information. Thank you so much. And as, as you heard, if you need to know or learn anything uh, more about this, you can reach Shipra directly through Instagram or her website. And uh, yeah, until we meet again, my dearest Shipra, thank you so much for your day. Thank you, Nabs. Have an amazing day. You too, my dear. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, Take care. Bye. I'm Naps, and you have been listening to Fulfilled, the podcast. Join me next week for another Fulfilled conversation. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening.